This is true news, the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, so help us God. I'm Rick Wiles. Today is Friday, September 15, 2023. Today's first hour is co-sponsored by Genesis Gold Group and American Reserves Emergency Preparedness Food. In our second hour, we will conduct the Lord's Supper at the conclusion of our Bible study on the ninth chapter of the Acts of the Apostles. So please have bread and your choice of grape juice or red wine available in the second hour. I'm going to open today's True News with two bizarre news stories about an American transvestite who works for Ukrainian President Zelensky. I'm talking about an American man who claims he is a woman and is now the press secretary for Ukraine's military defense forces. First, I'll tell you about the threat that he, she, Shim, whatever, made to kill pro-Russian news reporters. Second, I'll tell you how this Shim infiltrated the Proud Boys and the Nevada Republican Party in 2020 to help defeat President Trump. It is a strange story. It is. So let's start with the threat to kill pro-Russian news reporters. Here is the RT, uh, Russia Today article. Ukraine's trans spokesperson issues death threats to Russian journalists. Doc, it's a strange story. Let's uh, let's jump into what RT reported. Yes, so a threat to hunt down Russian propagandists, which flagged an action next week and was made by a Ukrainian military spokesperson, should not be dismissed just because of its over-the-top presentation. That's coming from a senior Russian official. Now, on Wednesday, the person who identifies themselves as Sarah Ashton Cirillo, who leads the Ukrainian Territorial Defense Forces, purported outreach to English-speaking audiences, made some ominous predictions regarding Russia. Next week, the teeth of the Russian devils will gnash ever harder and their rabid mouths will foam in uncontrollable frenzy as the world will see a favorite Kremlin propagandist pay for their crimes, she said. Russia's war criminal propagandists will all be hunted down and justice will be served as we in Ukraine are led on this mission by faith in God, liberty, and complete liberation, he, she, shim, pledged. So um, this is a picture of the person I, that identifies himself as Sarah Ashton Cirillo. That's a man, as if you can't tell already, and uh, identifying themselves as a woman. And, Doc, uh, this uh, he, she, shim, whatever, uh, I don't know how you identify these people now. Uh, he has been known in the past as Sarah Ashton, also as Sarah Cirillo, and is currently Sarah Ashton Cirillo. Now, let's, let's uh, before we go to the uh, Proud Boy story, let's just talk about what this, uh, I don't know, you call, <laughs> this woman, this man, it's a man in a dress. It's an American man in a dress. And that's simply it. Working, <laughs> what else can you say? It's, working it's for, a man. Working for Zelensky as the press secretary for the Ukrainian military. 
specifically to speak to English-speaking English. audiences. Right. J just think about it. W why, why would a transvestite from America feel attracted to go to Ukraine in a war and volunteer to be the press secretary of the Ukrainian military? And why would the Ukrainian military take this man-woman seriously and say, sure, we want you to be our, our press secretary? Because it goes along with NATO values. It's complete with NATO values. And it's a NATO operative. Yes. So keep that in mind, yes. too. He, she is a NATO operative. And this is a sexual war. It is, at the very heart of it. The war in Ukraine is a sexual war. It is a war led by perverts. The very first thing Zelensky did when he became president of Ukraine was to sign a decree permitting homosexual pride parades in Kiev. And this is despite the fact that the overwhelming majority of Ukrainians were opposed to transgender values, LGBT values in Ukraine. But the U.S. ruling class yes. said, we're going to have a regime change in Ukraine. And so, because the previous president, who was overthrown with, with the help of the United States and NATO, the previous president and the mayor of Kiev would not permit the homosexuals to march in Kiev. That's right. And so Zelensky came to power with the backing of John McCain, Victoria Nuland, uh, Barack Obama, Hillary Clinton. The, the entire U.S. establishment was behind that revolution to overthrow the democratically elected government of Ukraine that was pro-religion, pro-Christianity. But it was also pro-Russia. They had good relations with Russia. They lived next door peacefully. McCain and Newland went there and told the Nazis, and I'm not just calling them Nazis to be mean. They they're really Nazis. are Nazis. <laughs> and they, they're proud of it. They're Nazis. The Azov Brigade, they're Nazis. And McCain and Newland went there and said, the United States government will back you if you overthrow the Ukrainian government. Newland is back in power. She's running the show. Yes. She's back and she's a Zionist. Zelensky's a Zionist. <clears throat> and the very first thing Zelensky did as the newly elected president was to sign a decree that said there could be a homosexual pride parade in Kiev. This is a sexual war. Yes. And NATO, the United States, Great Britain, the whole NATO establishment is determined to force Russia to submit to the sexual perversion of the West. Right. Now, if the story about installing a NATO operative who's transgender as the basically the press mouthpiece for Vladimir Zelensky wasn't quite weird enough for you for you today. Yeah. And I don't know how Rick finds stories like but this. But I want to hold up on this one, Doc. Okay, okay. I want to hold up. Because I can't wait I to know, hear this. I know. I know. It's going to get stranger. It's going to get stranger. But by the way, we have a transvestite press secretary of the Ukrainian military 
Who is uh, Joe Biden's press secretary? Kareem uh, Jean Pierre. Uh, so. And what is what is her sexuality? Well, she's, she's a lesbian. She's made it pretty clear. She's a lesbian. Yes. There has been a sexual pervert revolution in the West, a political revolution. And it's not enough that the West just won't live and let live these countries. They have to install these perverted values in whatever country they touch. Yes. Every single one of them. It's a demand. Right. U.S. foreign policy, including the policy of the U.S. Pentagon, is now pro-sexual perversion. And so we're using, we, the United States of America, NATO, the West, the West is using its military and economic might to force God-fearing nations to submit to the West's sexual perversion. And if you're unwilling to do it, they will pummel you with rockets and bombs. Or uh, threaten you with either economic sanctions, yeah, money. <laughs> they'll, they'll, they'll steal your wallet from you. Literally steal. They'll, they'll seize your assets. They'll seize the, the assets. They'll seize the gold, the, the cash that countries have in, in Western bank accounts right. and vaults. And they've done that to Russia. It's about sex. It's about a sexual political revolution. The Third Reich, led by Hitler, was a sexual revolution in Germany. Hitler and the leaders of the Nazi parties were homosexuals. A radical ban of homosexuals overthrew Germany in the 1930s and took the world to world war. What we have happening right now in the West is a radical band of sexual perverts has overthrown the West and is leading the world to world war. Again, once yes. again. Under the banner of Nazism. The West is pro-Nazi in Ukraine. It absolutely is. And we know the Nazi tendencies of the ruling class here in America. They act like Nazis. So let's take a look at what this uh, transvestite working for the Ukrainian military. This is what he, she said this week. And again, this is just days ago, like two days ago. Quote, next week, the teeth of the Russian devils will gnash even ever harder and their rabbit mouths will foam in uncontrollable frenzy as the world will see a favorite Kremlin propagandist pay for their crimes. Doc, what she said is there is a hit contract out on a well-known Russian television news anchorman or woman. Do you think that's Soloyev that they're talking about It's there? somebody of that level. Could it be Dmitry Medvedev? Or it could be Medvedev. I mean, he's got quite a following worldwide they're planning to take somebody out next week and not just one Plural. but there's there's definitely one that's that's on the hit list according to this statement but he she it went on to say russia's war criminal propagandists that's plural 
will be hunted down, will all be hunted down. Anybody who speaks against the Ukrainian war, against the Ukrainian Nazis, will be hunted down. Doc, you know, a week ago, the Lord revealed to us that there was a death threat underway for my life. You all need to pay attention to this in case anything gets weird. That is a, a date next week. Next week, people are going to die. And I'm taking it very serious. I'm taking this very, very serious. Yeah, because they have the full power of NATO behind them in all this. I mean, imagine NATO's your enemy and you're an individual out there. Do you think that NATO could reach out anywhere in the world and take an individual out? They certainly could. Not NATO. The Ukrainian Nazis. Well, but NATO's using them. Yes, but... So. but they're not going to have a. a they're, just the they're not going to have a NATO patch on them. No, they're not. They're going to have a smile or someone that you know or think you know. Well, shall we get weird now? Yeah, let's let's take it to the next level of weirdness. So this this uh, he she shim transvestite from America. This is an American, Sarah Ashton Cirilla. Cirillo, Sarah Ashton Cirillo. We're going to go back in time to the 2020 election, Biden and Trump. Interestingly, two pro-homosexual candidates running against each other. Oh, people don't, don't get truth. mad at that's me. Don't get, I just my job is to tell you the truth. Trump is pro-homosexual. He is by his own his own words. He's, he's proud to be the most pro-homosexual president ever in the White House. They were competing to see who could be more pro-homosexual. Trump, Trump was representing the conservative homosexuals. <laughs> I don't understand. The leftist homosexuals wanted to replace Trump. Just months ago, Trump held a big homosexual rap party at Mar-a-Lago. Yes, so don't don't make yourself believe that he's he's going to usher in Christian values. Anyhow, we're going to go back to the 2020 election. This story was in the Daily Beast dot com, dailybeast dot com, June 3rd, 2021. This undercover operative says she recruited the Proud Boys for the Republican Party. Look at that face. Does, does he or she look familiar? That is Sarah Ashton Cirillo. The current mouthpiece for the Ukrainians. That's yes. the same person, ladies and gentlemen. She said she infiltrated the Proud Boys. So let's take a look at this 2021 article published by the DailyBeast.com. And it says a transgender poker player and progressive activists who went undercover and cozied up to right-wing extremists. A state Republican Party desperate to see Donald Trump win 
a Vegas-based GOP consultant. The Proud Boys. This is the bizarre story connecting a far-right paramilitary group to an effort in Nevada to pressure election officials to overturn the 2020 election results. Again, that's the opening paragraph right. of a June 2021 article by DailyBeast.com. So in the months leading up to the 2020 election, Sarah Ashton Sorella, a self-described progressive activist, embedded herself himself in GOP circles as part of the research for a book on right-wing extremism. What this person found was a Republican consultant desperate to team the Proud Boys up with the Nevada GOP in order to challenge ballots and flip the presidential election. Uh, these guys were too stupid to look into my progressive politics, Ashton Cirillo told the Daily Beast in a phone interview. This was back in June of 2021. This interview took place because they were so eager to tokenize me. There, this is there's a lot in in these three quotes here, uh, just to unpack here. There's, think this through here. The the current press secretary of the Ukrainian military is a transvestite from America who was used by the Democrats, the Biden team, to infiltrate the Nevada Republican Party and infiltrate the Proud Boys. And they took it in hook, line, and sinker. So could we say that the the same group? that overthrew the United States of America in 2020 is the same group that is overthrowing Eastern Europe right now with Zelensky. Oh, absolutely. It is a global sexual revolution of perverted Nazis. Let's call it what it is. The world went to war in the 40s to destroy it. But America defeated Germany, but we did not defeat the Nazis. There you go. The Nazis took control of the West. And we're now living in a Nazi-dominated society. Want to read on? Sure. Let's go. Well, Ashton Cirillo's infiltration only started in September of 2020 and began with more mainstream Republican groups. Um, Cirillo went to a September 12th uh, boat, a Trump boat rally on Lake Mead, and the next night attended a Trump rally where MAGA supporters recognized Cirillo from the days where uh, he, the, he was a top-flight Vegas poker player. It was at that rally where Cirillo first really connected with GOP officials and donors. And when Ashton Cirillo organized a meet and greet for Democratic and Republican office seekers at uh, his, her home, almost 100 Republicans showed up. And that just shows you how desperate the Republicans are in order to try to embrace, make, make everybody think, look, we're, we're open to these yes. values and everything. Yes. Look, we've, we've, we've got a transvestite here. She ran for the uh, city council of Nevada. That's right. Now, by December of 2020, Nevada GOP State Party Chair Michael McDonald was at Sorrell's home discussing future Republican strategy. And the next month, the Proud Boys... We're asking Sorella to be a hostess for a rally in solidarity with the January 6th insurrection. Now, apparently Sorella declined that, but Sorella was only a couple months into uh, his or her undercover voyage as a Republican when Woodrow Johnson, the vice president of Las Vegas-based consulting firm McShane LLC, 
it's a well-known political consultancy group, contacted Sorrell about getting the Proud Boys involved in efforts to pressure Nevada ballot counters. And so now you see all these different connections being made with the Proud Boys, infiltration there, infiltration of uh, GOP political consultancy groups. It gets even deeper here. On the night after the election, Johnson sent Ashton Cirillo a message about an Arizona effort led by Representative Paul Gozar to protest the vote counting process. And according to the text shared with the Daily Beast, Johnson wanted to share uh, wanted to stage a similar event in Las Vegas. Gosar is leading the charge on a Brooks Brothers riot down in Arizona, Johnson said, referring to GOP protests in Florida during the 2000 election. We might need to do the same here in Nevada, which means we need to get the Proud Boys out. Ashton Sorrell knew exactly who to contact. Uh, turned around and sent a message to a telegram group of far-right activists, including a leader of the Las Vegas Proud Boys chapter. I just received this from the GOP. They're asking me to potentially gather the boys and all the patriots and lead a literal, nonviolent charge on the county elections office, Ashton Cirillo wrote. But Ashton Cirillo was operating as an operative, not in support of these values, but in order to basically bait them into doing something illegal. Doc, how many conservative and Christian and patriotic groups have been infiltrated by these sexual pervert Nazis? Yes. Probably more than we'd really like to know about. But this is the one, only one we know about. Yes. It's just the one we know about. What about all the ones we don't know about? I know. And everybody needs to be on guard, be aware. Uh, I've got more World War III news because this is part of our World War III coverage. Yes. We're talking about an American transvestite working for the Ukrainian military who was also involved in trying to take down President Trump so Ashton, and infiltrating the Proud Boys. This is all one operation. Right. So basically, uh, Ashton Cirillo was a operative, an intelligence operative trying to influence the election. Don't they put people in jail for influencing the election or try to put them in jail for that, Rick? Um, and now is working as an intelligence operative by being the mouthpiece of the Ukrainian Defense Forces. You said she, it. She hasn't, she, he, it hasn't changed jobs, no. just positions. Just positions, that's all. And we'll show up somewhere else right. in a year or two. Might be the press secretary at the White House. That would shock you anymore, no, would not, it? not at all. Not at all. By the way, this first hour of True News is co-sponsored by our two new sponsors, Genesis Gold Group and American Reserves. And you can learn more about Genesis Gold Group by going to truenewsgold.com. That's the new website, truenewsgold.com. And uh, American Reserves. Their, their website is AmericanReserves.com. They have a complete full inventory of emergency preparedness food. I, I've got more World War III uh, stories here that you need to know about. Wall Street Journal today, Ukraine closer to acquiring Atakums, long-range missiles from the United States this fall. Yes. That tells me uh, this fall, Doc, World War III is going to get a lot hotter than it is right now in September. And just to make it clear, we are in World War III. It's not coming. We're in, in it. it. 
We're in it. And that's why you've got to be prepared spiritually and physically. Right. We're in World War III. Imagine being in World War II and 99% of the public not knowing it. In World War II, everybody joined in the war effort. Right. People bought war bonds. Uh, housewives went to work in factories. Yes. Rosie the Riveter. That's where that came from. They were having victory gardens in, victory the front, gardens. in their front yards. Yes, because it was a war against the Nazis. It had to be won. At ration cards for fuel and food. But now America is on the side of the Nazis. And we're up against Christian Russia. And we're trying to crush Russia. And Russia says, hey, we remember what the Nazis did to us. In the 1940s, tens of millions of Russians died. We're not going to allow it to happen again. That's why you need to know about it. Doesn't matter if your neighbor doesn't know it's in World War III. You need to know you're in World War III, and you need to be prepared spiritually and physically. So the Wall Street Journal reporting today that the Biden administration is going to send attackums, long-range missiles, to Ukraine this fall. And it says the uh, U.S. Is, is Wall Street Journal. The U.S. is moving closer to providing Ukraine with a ground-based missile that Kiev has long sought to conduct longer-range strikes at Russian forces. President Biden has yet to approve the transfer, but administration officials said that they are taking a fresh look at supplying the Army's tactical missile system, known as ATACMS, this fall to boost Ukraine's counteroffensive as its forces make slow progress towards overcoming Russia's extensive defenses in the South. So our position all along has been that we will get Ukraine the capabilities that will enable it to succeed on the battlefield. That's coming from Deputy National Security Advisor John Finer speaking to Reporter Sonny, declining to say whether the system would be provided. Uh, but we will continue to assess the situation on the ground and make decisions based on that. Russia has also cautioned Washington that providing longer-range missiles could cross a red line, spurring fears in some quarters about the risk that the conflict in Ukraine could escalate into a clash between Moscow and Washington. Understand this, that if attackums are provided to Ukraine, Ukraine will have the ability to specifically target Moscow. Yes, and that's where they're headed. But we're, we'll have their scouts on or they won't do that, Right. No, Doc, the West is, is, is openly encouraging Ukraine to strike deeper into Russia. Yes. They want to strike the Kremlin. They want to see the Kremlin burn down. This is World War III. And the, the politicians here in the U.S. openly admit that now. They, they don't even hide it. We'll have some more on that here today. Uh, this is from the Telegraph here. Britain must give Ukraine more storm shadow missiles. That's coming from Boris Johnson. Uh, Boris Johnson the comophobe. <laughs> He's a comb-a-phobe. He's afraid of combs. I mean, look at him. He's afraid of combs. He can't comb his hair. And we're listening to this man. We're listening to a man that can't comb his hair. And just think about it. This guy had political power and he can't comb his hair. I, I, I mean, it's weird to me that a grown man goes through life refusing to comb his hair. And yet he's... He has strong influence on whether you and I continue to live because he's saying the British government is not sending enough missiles to Zelensky. 
He wants more missiles sent yes. to Zelensky, more storm shadow missiles, the storm shadow missiles that took out the, the Russian naval fleet just days ago. Right. And now Boris Johnson is is pressuring the current prime minister, Sunak, send them more missiles. He said, what are you waiting for? Get it done. There's pressure on. The pressure is get this war Get it revved up this fall. Winter's coming, Doc. Yes. The war will change. You know that in the in the winter. The, the war will change. The, the snow will be there. The, uh, the, the, the freezing conditions, everything will change. It will start to slide back into Russia's favor again. As, as Ukraine has no power supplies, everything is in disarray. And, and so the pressure is on. From the West, we've got to hit Russia now, wow. October, November. That's, folks, I'm telling you, this is why you got to get your supplies now. American Reserves Food Preparedness, you need to get your supplies while you can get it because there's going to be a day that one event is going to happen. And on that day, every company in America with food supplies is going to be sold out in one day. Yes. And if you think you're going to wait and they're going to restock, let me tell you what's going to happen. FEMA will then seize all other supplies. You're absolutely right. Yes. They will invoke the, the Emergency War Powers Act, like Mr. Trump did during COVID, and took control of factories in America and said, you will make masks. You will make these items. You will stop your assembly lines and make these items by commandment of the United States government. And if you think that when it really gets crazy that you're just going to go down to your local Winn-Dixie or Publix or something like that and just buy stuff off the shelf, you'll be lucky if they unlock the doors. That's right. So the wise, the wise sees trouble coming and prepares for it. The idiot just continues to go on his way. Now, that's, I'm kind of paraphrasing Proverbs. But that's pretty close. It's, it's really close. <laughs> the wise man sees trouble coming and prepares for it. The idiot just, just keeps on going, sees the signs, doesn't pay attention to it, doesn't do anything. AmericanReserves.com, they have food in stock right now. But I'm telling you, when whatever this Pearl Harbor event is, whether it's a cyber attack or a direct hit on an American site, or even if it's a direct hit on London, the world will change instantly that day. Yes. We will wake up in the morning and realize that oh, this is it. This is it. This is it. There will be no more preparation. Whatever you have will be what you have. That's it. I want to take a look at uh, um, another one. Wait to hear this one. Um, Telegraph. Mitt Romney. Mitt Romney said... The damage caused to Russia makes America's investment in Ukraine worth it. Now that that tells you what the war is really all is, about. That is the rantings of a lunatic. That's the ranting of a lunatic. A member of the American ruling class saying all the money that we've spent so far destroying Russian military hardware, killing Russian soldiers, hurting their economy. It is a good investment for America. Sort of like Lindsey Graham. Best money we ever spent. 
Well, Doc, you know Romney's words were read in Moscow. Sure they were. So flip it around. If, 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 a, Russian sold, if a Russian senator said today, all the damage we're doing to America is, is some of the best money we've ever spent. American soldiers are dying. Their economy is in shambles. So we, uh, we, we're, we've hit their naval fleet. We've, 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 we've hit their cities. This is, this is good money, well spent. What would we be thinking? We'd be thinking those are fighting words. Yeah, and we're going we're gonna to put our fist in your mouth. We're going to shut your mouth. That's, that's what we would be thinking. And so here's Romney with his arrogance. It's the arrogance of the Western leaders that they can openly say what they privately think. Yes. And not, and not have any shame about it. I know. That's what's, what, get, what really gets me. These guys are just admitting now what they really want to do. It's not about freedom in Ukraine. It's not about liberation. It's or about destroying like Russia. Yeah, that's right. And they don't care how many Ukrainian people die. They don't care about all the 18, 19, 20-year-old Ukrainian young men who've died on the battlefield. They're just collateral damage. Oh, stuff happens. Too bad. So your son's died. Too bad. Oh, so your cities are burned down. Oh, that's too bad. We're getting what we want. We're hurting Russia. You're a little country. Yeah, we'll fix it later. We'll fix it. We'll come in and fix it. We're going to make it big Israel someday. <laughs> According right. to their own words, they're going to make it big Israel. That's right. Yes, we'll put up new buildings. Oh, your son's new okay. New highways, new railroads. Everything. Yeah, we can't bring your sons back to life, but you can have more babies. That's their attitude. Yes. They don't care about human life. These are soulless monsters. And they're in control of the, of the West right now. And the, the East is looking at it saying, this is the worst evil since Hitler. And we have to stop it. The thing is, Doc, we're living in the wrong side of this war right now. You're right, Rick. Okay. If you were, if you were a Christian living in Germany in the 1930s and 1940s, what would you do? If you were a Christian citizen of Germany in the 30s and 40s, what would you have done? You either kept your mouth shut, you looked the other way, or you resisted. Or you fled. Right. Or you fled, yes. That was another option. But you also had the possibility of dying. Right. If you resisted, Because yes. the, the Allies were bombing your country. Yes. So you, you, you might die because you become collateral damage in the war. Even though you don't hold to the principles of where you're at. Because your country, Germany, allowed a group of radical Nazi homosexuals to take control of the country and lead the world to war. This is what the West is doing right now. We've allowed a group of, of radical homosexuals to take control of the United States in the West and leading the world to war. And the Russians are saying we're not going to do this a second time. The Russian leaders have said, if there's no Russia, there's not going to be any world. They've said it in those words. They've said, if there's no Russia, meaning if Russia gets destroyed in this third world war, then we will make sure you guys get destroyed. Because if we can't live, you ain't going to live either. <laughs> we're going to burn it. the whole thing down. 
Have they not said it, Doc? They've said exactly that. They've said if there if there's no Russia, then why should the world even go on? Well, let's read what Mitt Romney says. Uh, this is uh, from the Telegraph. The United States must continue to fund Ukraine's war effort because decimating the Russian military while using just 5% of the U.S. defense budget is an extraordinary wise investment. Okay. Doc, <laughs> that is, exactly that is insanity. That is insanity. Let's go ahead, Doc. Let's read on. Well, uh, the GOP senator who announced on Wednesday that he will not stand for re-election as senator for Utah hit back at critics within his own party who have argued that America cannot afford to keep funding Ukraine's army, telling the Telegraph the idea that it's too expensive is a little funny. Uh, we spend about $850 billion a year in defense. We're using about 5% of that to help Ukraine. My goodness, to defend freedom. And to decimate the Russian military, notice how they pair those two together, a country with 1,500 nuclear weapons aimed at us, to be able to do that with 5% of your military budget strikes me as an extraordinarily, extraordinarily wise investment and not by any means something we can't afford. Now we know how they think. Right. In their private meetings, they are viewing war as an investment. An investment. What's our ROI? What's the return on investment? So how much would be too much? Let, let me ask that question. 10% of the military budget? 25% of the military budget? 50% of the military budget? Where, where, where do they draw the line? It doesn't matter, does it? No, because they have a bloodlust. So they'll send $700 for families in Maui who get destroyed in a fire, but they'll dump billions and close to a trillion dollars in Ukraine not to defend freedom, not to liberate the Ukrainians, but to decimate, but Russia. To decimate Russia. And why do they want to decimate Russia? Because Russia won't submit to their new world order. Russia won't submit to their sexual agenda. And they want Russia's resources. They want the gold. They want the gas, the oil, the lumber, the, the natural resources, the wheat. They want what Russia has. And really, the one country that really wants what Russia has is the UK. Because they have a long-standing eyeball-to-eyeball rivalry going back centuries. That's true. Which takes us back to King Charles. Yes. That is King Charles the man controlling this war for the West? Is he the man in charge? I think Privately, he is. Uh, Euroactive.com. Bulgaria, NATO, discuss response to Russian blockade in Black Sea. Oh, this is going to be interesting. Right. So uh, Bulgaria is holding talks with NATO allies to see whether to deal with Russia's continued partial blockade of Bulgaria's Black Sea exclusive economic zone independently or with the help of NATO allies. And that's coming from Defense Minister Togar, Todor uh, Togarov, speaking to your active on Wednesday. Uh, the Russian continues to declare part of the Bulgarian economic zone in the Black Sea closed to shipping until the end of September because of 
ongoing military exercises in the area, Tagarev said, adding that these actions are already considered provocative. So Bulgaria is discussing a response to these provocations, both independently and with our NATO allies, he said. Asked by Euractiv whether Bulgaria had developed scenarios in case of a Russian attack on cargo ships sailing from Ukrainian ports through Bulgarian waters or economic zone in the Black Sea, the defense ministry replied, at the moment, there is no immediate risk or threat of an attack against merchant vessel sailing in the territorial sea of a NATO member state. But they're planning for it just in case. They're planning for a confrontation with the Russian Navy in the Black Sea. Where did Ukraine just attack the Russian Navy? Crimea and Sevastopol. And that is where? That right in the Black Sea. And the that's Black their sea. main headquarters for their Black Sea fleet. So NATO's preparing for a naval confrontation with Russia in the Black Sea. They need a provocation. They need Russia to do something in stopping a ship in the Black Sea. What Russia did is said, hey, stay out of this part of the Black Sea. We're doing, uh, you know, um, if you haven't heard, there's a war going on. You could get hurt if you if you sail your boat through this part of the Black Sea. You might want to go around. So what will NATO do? They will find an an idiot crew that will make a run for it. Yes. And Russia will stop them. And then they will say this is an attack on NATO. And then Article 5 comes into play, and now all of NATO is obligated to fight Russia. Right. Now, Russia has already encountered ships, but they are ships flagged in non-NATO countries. But wait until there's one flagged with a NATO uh, banner. That's that's where we're headed. It's this fall. It's this fall. We're in a countdown, folks. We're in—unless God intervenes to bring this to an end— we're headed for a horrific. It will be a, a day of terror beyond anything that we can imagine. There will be a day that we wake up and realize that life has changed. And we're, we're in the countdown to it right now. Look, God can intervene. But there's nobody in America praying for it. You got that. Right. In fact, if if you if you listen to whatever is said out of American pulpits, they're pro-Ukraine. They want the war to go on. Oh yes, oh yes, very much so. They American preachers want this war. They're on the side of Zelensky and the sexual perverts. They don't even know the dynamics of this war. No, they, they just. Go ahead and repeat the lines that they've been given. The propaganda that they're giving. Well, Here, preach this this Sunday. Doc, uh, yesterday we, we, we received a lot of inquiries, a lot of people asking, uh, our True News audience, uh, asking for more information about American Reserves, the uh, food, emergency food preparedness uh, company. And uh, the website is American ReserveS.com. Yeah, that's plural there. Yes. American Reserves. Reserves. American Reserves.com. American Reserves.com. You see it on the on the website right now. Uh, emergency food supply. And I want to show you uh, they have a, a large inventory and it's a variety of products. 
in, including uh, generators. But I want to show you just uh, one sample because they have they have a 72 hour um, package. Uh, this this is the uh, the 30 day food supply, and as you can see, I think this is actually the three month supply here. Oh, did I say that's the three? Yes, that's the three month. Yeah, that's the three month. And yeah, I'm looking. I'm looking at it wrong. So that's the three month emergency food supply package, and uh, so there are six buckets of freeze dried emergency foods and snacks, a total of 894 servings. Uh, three month food supply for one person, based on 1,800 calories per day, and has a 25 year shelf life. The food is made in America. This didn't come in from China. This is American food. And uh, as you see on the screen, uh, the ingredients that are in this uh, three-month uh, package, uh, those of you who are just listening by radio, we're talking about uh, uh, apple cinnamon cereal, pancake mix, um, multigrain cereal, barbecue beans, uh, dried banana chips, rice, whey milk, uh, pasta Alfredo, uh, macaroni cheese, tortilla soup, six buckets, three months supply for one person. The price is $579. And I'll show you another one. It's uh, just a, a larger uh, package, and that's the six-month supply. And, uh, and so that's, that is also available. And it's 12 buckets. And it has uh, 1,788 servings. And it is also available. They have a variety of packages. Just go to the website, AmericanReserves.com. They have inventory. They have plenty of inventory. They will ship immediately. I'm just, I can't overemphasize how important it is to take advantage of the time that we have right now, the time to prepare, we're looking at this news. It's World War III. Right. It's, most of the public in America knows nothing about it. The few people who do know about it, they're disconnected. It's like. Or they're cheerleaders for it. Or they're cheerleaders for it. But the people that it, it, it's just a lot of the people who do have some awareness of it have no comprehension of how serious it is. I can't tell you how many times I personally have talked to my friends who are conservatives, Christians, patriots. And I've talked to them on by phone or in person. And I've talked to them about things that have happened in the war. And they'll go, where did you get that? I can show you my phone. I, I can show you text messages from friends from around the country who have texted me and said, Rick, where in the world did you get that story that that Ukraine sank a Russian warship and, and submarine? Where did you get that? Nobody's talking about it. I'm like sending them the story saying, this goes on every day. American conservatives, American Christians, American patriots have almost zero awareness of the danger that we're in right now. And therefore, they're not preparing. They're not preparing. They just aren't alarmed that things could... I'm going to tell you what I do every morning. 
first thing I do when I wake up is I thank the Lord. And I'm awake. I'm, I'm alive. That's the first thing I, I do. I the moment I wake up, thank you, Father. I'm alive. Thank you. Thank you for this new day. The second thing I do is that I go to RT.com to see what Ukraine has done to Russia that day. To see if are we in is today, to, is today the, day. the day that we're going to have nuclear war. Those are the two steps I do every day because we're living day to day, not knowing when the catastrophe is going to strike. And when it strikes, there will be absolute pandemonium in the United States. People remember, well, you know, the guy that I replaced on WWCR. Do you know, uh, I don't know, a year or two ago, do you know what he said when there's a food shortage? He said, I'll eat you. He said it, Doc. I could play it. He said, if there is no food, I will eat you. That was the so-called American patriot. I can play the, the clip. He said, I will eat you. You want to talk about the savage, demonic behavior of people when there's no food? And those are the so-called patriots. Right. Be a wise person and take advantage of the time right now. I personally have plenty of food. I'm going to stock up more with American reserves. Where I'm low is ammo. I don't have enough ammo. I have a lot of food, but I'm going to buy more food. But I don't have enough ammo. When this time comes, all preparation ends. Yes. It all ends. Done. Finished. No more. And if the unprepared know that you're prepared, you better be prepared to, to defend, to, to defend what you've prepared. Right. Because there will be people like that radio host who said, I'll eat you. And you will have demon-possessed people coming to your house to eat you. When they get done eating your food, they'll eat you. Because that's how crazy people are going to be. It will be Mad Max. So take advantage of the time right now to uh, to be prepared. AmericanReserves.com. Uh, we got about nine minutes remaining in, in this uh, segment. And also, if you're interested in uh, boosting your supply of precious metals, Genesis Gold Group, the website is truenewsgold.com, and they've got Precious metals in stock will help you right away. TrueNewsGold.com. Uh, our guys in the uh, control room, I want to jump down to uh, number 32. And I want to take the remaining eight minutes to talk about uh, the ramp up for another lockdown Here we go. in America. Now, this is Associated Press. Their headline says, there's no sign of widespread COVID-19 mandates in the U.S., but the Republicans are warning of them anyway. There's your propaganda from the Associated Press. And that is pure propaganda. That's there. a propaganda story. There's no sign of widespread COVID-19 mandates. Associated it, propaganda. <laughs> <laughs> so they put out the Associated Propaganda. So that they've planted a thought in your mind so that when you see truth, your mind will be confused about how to process it. Right. 
Because you've just been told by associated propaganda. There's no mandates. Nobody's going to impose COVID mandates. But then we'll go to the next story. So this is uh, from WAKA-TV, Montgomery, Alabama. Mask mandates implemented at county buildings in Dallas County, Alabama. Let's watch this news report from the TV8. Dallas County officials have instituted a mask mandate at county buildings that deal with the public. Probate Judge Jimmy Nunn says the policy was put in place because of an increase in new COVID cases, both nationally and locally. Nunn says there have been also uh, some isolated cases in buildings where county workers and the public interact. He says the mask mandate is being done as a precautionary measure to keep people safe. At this point in time, it is only being uh, taken effect in the uh, the government buildings that the public come into. And that will be the three buildings that we have, the courthouse, the annex, and the administrative building. These three buildings in which the public come in and we provide services to the public. COVID-19 is back on the horizon. And Pfizer and Moderna uh, will be having a booster shot out coming out next week. And as soon as it hit the market, I would be getting my booster and I advise you to get yours. Well, Nunn says the mask mandate will remain in place as long as COVID continues to climb. That was last week. That yeah. was Montgomery, Alabama. Yeah, but remember, Associated Propaganda says there is no sign of widespread COVID-19 mandates in the United States. Let's go to Syracuse, New York, Syracuse.com. Both upstate medical hospitals to require masks again as COVID cases tick up. And this was back in August, August 17th. And it says uh, upstate medicals, two hospitals, University and Community General, reimposed mandatory face masking Thursday morning after an uptick in COVID-19 cases. COVID testing is now also required for all patients being admitted to the hospitals, according to a memo sent to upstate hospital staff. But so there's no mandates. There's mandatory no masks and mandatory testing. But the AP said there's no, this isn't going on, Rick. Who do you believe? But the AP wrote a lot of these stories, <laughs> right? so, and they distributed the stories. Then we go to Boston, TV 25 News. Massachusetts Healthcare Network brings back staff mask mandate amid dramatic increase in COVID cases. And then we go to CBS News in Chicago. University of Chicago medical staff required to wear masks while in contact with patients. Newsweek, Canada official tells residents to get mask ready. <laughs> KATU TV Portland. Mass mandates in schools spark parental action and raise concerns about learning deficits. Fox TV Atlanta, three new COVID testing kiosks added to City of Atlanta. So you can they they plan them on street corners in downtown Atlanta, Rick. Kiosks. Yes. Self-servicing kiosks. Yes. You can just walk up and. What do you do? You stick your tongue in the slot or what do you do? I, I don't really want to know. <laughs> they actually have, it's a kiosk. Yes. Self-servicing 
COVID test kiosks. And they're planning on rolling out a whole bunch more. Well, if they've got these machines made, you know they're going to go nationwide. Sure. But the AP says there is no sign of widespread mask mandates and COVID testing. But we just read a dozen articles that said there are. It is happening. And we could go a whole lot more articles, oh, yeah. too. Easy. Yeah, yeah. I just picked a few. I just picked a few to show that AP is deceiving the public, deliberately deceiving the public, because that's what they do. I'm going to go back. Wise people see trouble coming. Idiots keep going along their way and suffer for it. Which one are you? Are you wise or are you an idiot? Which one? Only you can decide that. Are you wise or are you an idiot? Listen, the Lord knows your need to supply, to provide supplies. He knows it. Yes. He will meet you where you are. If you don't have money, ask the Lord for money. Yes. Ask him. He gives seed to the sower. Make a promise to God. I am a big believer in what I call miracle money. Make a vow to the Lord. Father, if you give me money to buy emergency food supplies, I will share part of the money with ministries that are preaching the gospel. Make a pledge. Watch what God does. I would say even before you make that pledge, make a decision. Yes. And that decision is, I will be prepared. Yes. Make that decision and then ask the Lord for the money. Ask him for a miracle. You might not have the money. I get that. You don't have the money in your bank account to buy this food. Ask the Lord for miracle money to buy it. Right. And, and But make a pledge that when he gives you miracle money, you will give a portion to the ministries that are preaching the gospel and preparing people, and God will continue to give you more. Right. He'll give seed to the sower. And what's the purpose of seed? To sow to, it. Yes. Not to hoard it. And to grow it. Yes. The only reason you plant seed is to grow and to harvest. And so use your faith. All of us need to use our faith right now. None of us are going to get through this time to the second coming of Christ without using our faith, without stretching our faith. We're going to be required to do things we never thought we would have to do. Listen, in Acts chapter 15, uh, prophets came forth saying there's going to be a famine and we need to prepare for it. Yes. And the apostles discerned this is a true word from the Lord. And doc, my understanding is that famine did not arrive for another 10, for years. 10 years. Right. So but the it did come. So God gave the church in Jerusalem 10 years to prepare for the famine. How many years have we had here in America to prepare? More than 10 years. More than 10 years. And we're getting now, we're getting down to the to the final stretch. And most people in the church are not prepared. They're just not prepared. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we will have morning manna. And uh, I want to remind you that uh, at the end of Morning Manna, which is our, our morning Bible study, uh, we will have the Lord's Supper. So please have bread and your choice of grape juice or red wine and participate with us in the Lord's Supper. I don't know of any other news show <laughs> that has Holy Communion as part of its, as part of its format. But every Friday we are going to have Holy Communion here on True News. We're going into a serious season in this world, 
and we all need to be prepared. You are watching True News. I'm Rick Wiles. Doc Burkhart is my co-host. We'll take a break. We'll be back in about one minute. You're listening to WWCR International Shortwave Radio. You can find True News on frequency 12.160 from 12 p.m. to 4 p.m. Eastern and on frequency 4.840 from 10 p.m. to 2 a.m. Eastern. Well, welcome back. That was a short announcement. What else needs to be said? <laughs> we just need we need to do a station ID at the top of the hour because we are broadcasting internationally on WWCR International Shortwave Radio. So we need to take that uh, that break at the top of the hour. We're also streaming live at truenews.com, faithandvalues.com, and Rumble, um, Get Getter. Yes. Uh, wow. I don't know what's audience on Gitter. I don't know what's going on in Gitter, man. It, it is there is a crowd gathering for True News on Gitter. They're getting it done. The, get her done. Yeah, get the, her. Get, the get her done. Uh, social media platform. Man, I'm excited. Whatever's happening over there, get her. But um, the the one platform we really want to encourage people to participate is is in faith and values, and that's our platform. Yes, and uh, that's really becoming our flagship platform in so many different things that we're doing. And so we encourage uh, our audience if you're listening or watching today, you may not have heard of faith and values. That's because it's new. It's brand new. It just started. We we launched it. Um, Soft launch unofficially in in August. We didn't publicize it. Uh, we invited uh, certain people to come in and and uh, look around and test it out. But in September we launched it publicly, and so Faith and Values is our new platform. We just got tired of being deplatformed. Right. So we, we build our own platform, own. and uh, you are welcome to come into Faith and Values. Now, we're not going to tolerate uh, profanity and obscene language. and so, Attacking one another. Yeah, we're not going to allow that. You know, we, we don't want neo-Nazis coming in and spreading Nazism or anything like that. So, hey, every platform has its own rules. We have our rules, too. Um, you know, progressive communists who come into uh, faith and values, they'll get deplatformed. We're not going to, you know— we, you know, but most progressive communists are broke, and so yes. they don't want to no, they have they no, they actually, doc, they have a lot of money. Progressive communists yeah, have a the lot. Yeah, the elite ones. Yes, so. the elite communists have a lot of money, um, but everybody's welcome to come express their views. Uh, just do it uh, decently, and in in order, and and realize that you're in a uh, you're in a Christian platform. Yes. We're not going to tolerate uh, profanity and obscenities and, and stuff like that. Uh, we want everybody to feel comfortable. And so far, just about everybody has been uh, good gentlemen and ladies. Yes. And we've not, had, we've not had much problems. And we're really allowing the, the members to police the platform themselves. And they have been. So. You know, so that when, when people are, you know, not uh, being considerate, uh, the members are telling those inconsiderate members, hey, come on, this is a Christian platform. Um, get it together. But faith and values is, is, I believe, is going to be, is going to become a big platform for the body of Christ. And we started out September with a special offer to introduce the platform to the world. And this is our offer. 
we're giving you a 30-day free trial. 30 days. I don't know of anybody that gives a 30-day free trial. We want you to come in and just be at home and use the platform for 30 days. And there's no guarantee. I mean, no no uh, contract. You're not being locked down to something. At, at the 30th day, if you want to get out, you just cancel. It's just right. that simple. Uh, if you do want to stay, then beginning on the day after the 30 days, uh, the membership is $8.99 a month. And th- this this $8.99 is to help stabilize our finances, to pay for the distribution, the construction of, of a platform, the distribution of the platform. This stuff is very, very expensive. When you see the platform, you're going to realize this is an extremely professionally built platform. Yes. And let me tell you, to do it costs a substantial amount of money. Bandwidth is extremely expensive. We have been spending a quarter million per year on bandwidth. A lot of you say, I can't believe, well, I can't believe it either, but we did it. We had to in order to get the program out to the world. We were spending a quarter million dollars a year in bandwidth. It's very expensive to hire coders, developers. But just the, the bandwidth itself. Is expensive. Just paying for the highway yes. to get a message to you costs money. Yes. And once you have a platform, you have to maintain it. Right. Nothing. You can't just build it and just walk away. It's There's always maintenance. So we have a, a team of people employed by us. All this requires money. The eight ninety nine per month is to help stabilize our monthly revenue so that we can take care of these basic things. We are guaranteeing that price for 36 months. You don't have to commit to 36 months. We are committing to 36 months. We're telling you, if you join in the month of September, we will guarantee that your price never goes up. If three years from now, if the price is 10 or $12 a month, you're still going to be at $8.99 during those 36 months. But this offer expires September 30th. And that's only two weeks away. Right. Now, today's the 15th, right? Yeah, we're, we're, we're halfway two, through September. Right? you got two more weeks to take advantage of this offer. you got nothing to lose. Come on in. Check it out. And uh, we will be adding, God willing, we will be adding more programs, more podcasts, more features as God provides we can only do it as as the Lord provides the finances for us to hire people, to develop more content, and expand. But we will do it. We have faith. Yes. We believe it will happen because it, it needs to happen. The body of Christ needs to have its own safe space on the Internet where like-minded, conservative Christian families can come together and connect with each other. People are making friends on faith and values. They're connecting all over the world, all over the world. And they're finding people in their hometowns saying, I didn't know there this many people in my hometown watching True News. What shocks me is uh, we do morning manna every morning at 8 a.m. on the faith and values platform. And people from all over the world join in. We have a group of people in Germany, about five or six people that check in every morning from Germany. I know. Same thing in Australia. We have a group in uh, about five to uh, ten people in Australia. Philippines. Uh, in, in Japan, we have at least four or five that check in throughout Jordan. the week. 
Jordan. We've got a, 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 a growing, growing group yes. in Jordan. And so, uh, and that's not counting all the uh, different folks that join us in the uh, U.S., of course. Usually about a dozen to 15 countries check in every day for a Bible on, study. For a Bible study. Uh, you know, on the faith and values platform, which means they're they're on the platform. They're, they're waiting there. for you to come. They're join waiting. Us. When when I sign in at eight a.m., there are hundreds of people sitting there waiting on me. Yes, and we're able to chat with each other. By the way, when you are a member of Faith and Values, you have access to send me messages. I'm doing my best uh, to uh, answer them as promptly as I can. I know I'm getting behind some days, but you can um, message me. In the Faith and Values platform, you can message Doc. Uh, the whole idea is to build community yes. among the body of Christ. And one of the aspects of community, today we were had the opportunity to commune together in communion, the Lord's yes. Supper. That's right. And so we are now holding uh, the Lord's Supper, Holy Communion, every Friday in morning manna. And we're inviting you right now, today, in this second hour of True News, we want you to be prepared for... Holy Communion. So you have about uh, 50 minutes or so to to uh, get some bread and your choice of grape juice or red wine and be ready for Holy Communion at the end of the Bible study. And as I said earlier, I don't know of one podcast, especially a news podcast, that's having the Lord's Supper every week yes. in their newscast. Can you imagine CNN stopping and saying, well, now um, we're going to interrupt the news and we're going to have the Lord's Supper. I'd like to see Fox News do it. Well, we're doing it here because we're not ashamed of the gospel. We're not ashamed of Jesus Christ. We are, we are excited to be known as his disciples. I want you to uh, participate with us. This is today, this morning's Bible study in the ninth chapter of the book of Acts. Let's pray. Gracious Father, our Father in heaven, we love you and we praise you. Thank you for being our Father. Thank you for sending forth your Son to reconcile us to you and bringing, you, bringing us back into your family. Father, we commit this day to you, and we invite the Holy Spirit to fellowship with us and to talk with us, to guide us, lead us, comfort us, to be our, our guide and our comforter. Father, we ask for the anointing of the Holy Spirit in this morning manna Bible study, and that he would illuminate our hearts and minds to understand your word and to see Jesus more clearly, and to understand the principles of the kingdom of God. And we ask all these things in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. All right, Doc, would you please read the word? Yes. Uh, so we're doing uh, verse 22 through how far? 31? Yes, sir. All right. So verse 20, uh, let's start around verse 20. And uh, because I, 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 yesterday I didn't get completely okay. finished so i'm going to pick up at 20. all right so uh starting in verse 20 in acts chapter 9 and straightway he preached christ in the synagogues that he is the son of god but all that heard him were amazed and said is not this he that destroyed them which called on his, this name in jerusalem and came hither for that intent that he might bring them bound unto the chief priest 
But Saul increased the more in strength and confounded the Jews which dwelt in Damascus, proving that this is very Christ. And after that many days were fulfilled, the Jews took counsel to kill him. But their laying await was known of Saul, and they watched the gates day and night to kill him. Then the disciples took him by night and led him down by the wall in a basket. And when Saul was come to Jerusalem, he essayed to join himself to the disciples, but they were all afraid of him and believed not that he was a disciple. But Barnabas took him and brought him to the apostles and declared unto them how he had seen the Lord in the way and that he had spoken to him and how he had preached boldly at Damascus in the name of Jesus. And he was with them coming in and going out at Jerusalem. And he spake boldly in the name of the Lord Jesus and disputed against the Grecians. But they went about to slay him. Which when the brethren knew, they brought him down to Caesarea and sent him forth to Tarsus. Then had the churches rest throughout all Judea and Galilee and Samaria and were edified. And walking in the fear of the Lord and in the comfort of the Holy Ghost were multiplied. Amen. Amen. Now, so we are... We're picking up um, after Saul was baptized. Uh, he regained his sight. The Lord healed him. The Lord saved him. He was baptized into the church. And verse 20 says, immediately in the synagogues, he proclaimed Jesus, the Christ, that he is the son of God. Um, one of those things that I was wrongly taught as an earlier, as an early Christian, I was taught that uh, Saul, who later became Apostle Paul, went into seclusion in the Arabian desert for years to meditate and to uh, be taught the gospel by the Holy Spirit. That's not true. Verse 20 tells you, immediately he proclaimed Jesus Christ. He started preaching in the Jewish synagogues immediately after his baptism. The authorized King James Version says that he went straightway. That, that simply means immediate, <clears throat> immediately. Saul went to the synagogues in Damascus immediately after his baptism. Most likely the next day or so. He promptly began to proclaim to herald the truth of the gospel that was delivered to him by Jesus Christ himself. And simply put, he preached Jesus. Whenever the Bible says the apostles preached Jesus, it means all that the name of Jesus embodies. The virgin birth, the sinless life, the death, burial, resurrection, and ascension of Jesus, and his glorious second coming at the end of the age. Well, we can be certain that Saul told the Jews in the synagogues of Damascus that he persecuted the disciples of the Messiah and that he rejoiced over the crucifixion of Jesus and, and viciously persecuted his followers, including Stephen. You can be sure that he told the Damascus Jews that he came to their city to kill more disciples. Right. 
but was stopped by a glorious appearance of Jesus on the outskirts of Damascus and blinded for three days. As I said yesterday, Paul never stopped telling his testimony of how he was saved, baptized, and filled with the Holy Spirit. And we can reasonably assume that Saul opened their eyes, the eyes of some of the Jewish people in the synagogue, to see that Jesus was the fulfillment of all the Messianic prophecies in Scripture. And so no doubt the most shocking and amazing thing that Saul told the Damascus Jews was that Jesus was indeed King David's son and Lord. Right. They had to cope with the realization that their Jerusalem brethren murdered David's son and Lord, the Messiah, the Son of God. I think that was probably more shocking to the Jews in Damascus than the resurrection. <laughs> now, regarding Arabia, uh, it's reasonable to assume that Saul used Damascus as his home base for several years and then fanned out into Arabian towns and villages to preach the gospel. But one thing is certain, he did not become a recluse in Arabia for three years. Right. And he did not consult with other men whether he should immediately preach the gospel. Instead, he immediately put into motion actions to carry out the divine mission that Jesus personally gave him. He didn't need any men's approval or authority. He had authority from Christ himself. Verse 21, all who heard him were amazed and said, isn't this he who in Jerusalem made havoc of those who called on his name, on this name? And he had come here intending to bring them bound before the chief priest. All who heard Saul preach the name of Jesus were perplexed about his horrible reputation of doing terrible violence to Jerusalem's disciples. And they ask, is he not the same guy who right. wreaked havoc on the people who called upon the name of Jesus? The Greek word for havoc means lay waste, destroy, ravage. And that's what uh, Saul did. I mean, he ravaged the church. Yes. Yes, he, he went into homes and pulled people out of their homes, took them to be uh, imprisoned or tortured or, or, or executed. Years later, Apostle Paul told the Christians in Galatia that, this is uh, Galatians 1, verse 13, For ye have heard of my manner of life in time past, in the Jews' religion, how that beyond measure I persecuted the church of God and made havoc of it. There's that word again, to lay waste, destroy, ravage. Saul's radical transformation was unexplainable, apart from a miraculous conversion by God. An admission that Saul's transformation was divinely accomplished only strengthen Saul's message that Jesus is the Messiah. 
They had to. When people pondered, how did this guy, Saul, how did he go from a killer of Christians to proclaiming Christ? How did this happen? The only explanation is a divine work of God. But if if the transformation is a divine work of God, that means that, means that what Saul is telling us now is true. Jesus Christ is the Messiah. He's the Son and the Lord of David. So for the Jews, they really, they had to make a decision. And we're going to see this in just a moment. Verse 22, but Saul increased more in strength and confounded the Jews who lived at Damascus, proving that this is the Christ. It implies that Saul's spiritual strength continued to grow. It confounded Damascus's Jews because Saul proved that Jesus is the Messiah. How did he prove? By quoting scripture, Old Testament scripture. It was necessary for Saul to fulfill his lifetime mission that he would take the gospel to Gentile nations. Right and suffer continuous persecution and hardship. And in Galatians 3, verse 1, this is later, as he's now identified as Apostle Paul. And he spent three years in and around Damascus ministering. He said, then after three years, I went up to Jerusalem to visit Cephas, just Apostle Peter, and tarried with him 15 days. Galatians 3.1 is the scripture some people use to teach that Saul went into seclusion in the Arabian desert for three years. Right. So in Galatians 1.17, it says, Neither went I up to Jerusalem to them which were apostles before me, but I went into Arabia and returned again unto Damascus. Then verse 18, Then after three years, I went up to Jerusalem to see Peter and, and abode with him uh, 15 days. Yes. So they, they use that passage from Galatians 1, 17, 18 to make up some story that he was out in the Arabian desert for three years. But I think the better story and the better, better narrative is that he was he, he was around Damascus for three years. Yes, uh, it is. And it says immediately he began to preach Jesus. Right. So he was active for three years. How active? Well, the answer is in verses 23 and 24. <coughs> when many days were fulfilled, the Jews conspired together to kill him, but their plot became known to Saul. They watched the gates both day and night that they might kill him. The phrase, when many days were fulfilled, that term represents years, not weeks or months. Right. Instead of repenting and calling on the name of Jesus, the Jews of Damascus entered into a conspiracy to murder Saul. But the Holy Spirit arranged for Saul to hear about the plot. Now, the Jewish conspirators secured Roman soldiers to be positioned at Damascus's gates 24-7 to catch Saul 
in order to kill him. You see that same combination again. Jews against Jesus and his disciples asking civil government officials to do their murdering for them. Because Nothing's they changed. made they wrong. Nothing has changed. It's still happening today. Yes. The, uh, the Jewish elite could not refute Saul's arguments. He quoted Old Testament scripture and linked them to Jesus. They also could not dampen his zeal and enthusiasm. Therefore, they decided he had to die. It is astounding that those Jews listened to the chief of persecution tell of his former hatred for Jesus' disciples and the violence he committed and how the resurrected Jesus confronted him on his way to their city, Damascus, blinded him and led him to a house where he repented and was saved and healed and baptized. And yet, those Jews decided to follow his evil ways by killing him. Right. Talk. His testimony didn't faze them. It actually angered them. Yes. And this was just the first of many Jewish attempts to murder Saul. Now, you know, the scripture says that... Uh, the Jews conspired to, to kill Saul, but Saul was made aware of the plot. Um, we read in verses 24, 25, but their plot became known to Saul. They watched the gates both day and night that they might kill him. But his disciples took him by night and let him down through the wall, lowering, lowering him in a basket. Look, we just had something happened a week or two ago when over a period of several days various signs and clues and messages were given to me that there was there was a plot underway to harm me i spoke it out in public with the belief that uh, if there really was a plot, the conspirators would back off knowing I'm talking about it in public. Right. We don't know how. We don't know how the plot was revealed to Saul. Um, it could have been the Holy Spirit working through other people. They could have been people had pro prophetic dreams. They could have had a message from angels. We don't know. It doesn't tell us. It could be that some uh, some Jews who were friendly to Saul overheard uh, other Jews talking about the plot to kill him. We don't know. The Bible doesn't tell us. But years later, Apostle Paul spoke about the Damascus plot, and he gave us some more details. In 2 Corinthians eleven thirty two, 32, he said, At Damascus, the governor under King Aretas was guarding the city of Damascus in order to seize me. So what we see here is that the Jewish 
conspirators obtained the support of the city's Roman governor under King Aretas, who was the Roman ruler over Syria. And the Roman governor ordered Roman guards to watch the gates and seize Paul. For some reason, the Roman governor, who was not Jewish, uh, felt that he needed to enter into some type of political alliance with the Jews. It was like, I'm doing them a favor. Right. Someday, I'll ask them to do something for me. Now, ancient cities were protected by tall walls. And large gates were the only entrances and exits. So if you were on the most wanted list, getting through a gate would be extremely difficult and dangerous. Especially if the governor had soldiers looking for you. So today, there would be most wanted posters at the gate. They'd be checking IDs. They, well, they'd be doing facial recognition. That's right. Kind of how they treat Palestinians today, going in yes. and out the walls of, uh, of the West Bank. Yes. How the Israelis treat the Palestinians. You will be shocked if you ever make a trip to the West Bank. You'll, you'll definitely have a wake-up call. I know I did when we traveled there. It's one thing to, you know, read about it in the news and everything else. But when you see the walls and everything and uh, understand that people can enter and exit only through, you know, select gates, then you realize that this isn't a city. This isn't a region. This is a prison camp. And so I told uh, I told the Palestinians in Bethlehem, if Zionism is not opposed and stopped someday, the whole world will be Palestinians. And I still remember the, sh uh, the shock, look of shock on the faces of those when you were speaking that night. I know. It, it was a realization for some of them. So, uh, including the Jordanian ambassador, if I recall. That's so. right. Verse 25, but his disciples took him by night and led him down through the wall, lowering him in a basket. So Saul was placed in some type of large uh, wicker basket because the word that's used is, is actually describes a basket, a wicker a basket. Uh, some people think it was a, a, a basket used to carry fish. It, it had to be large enough to hold a, a, a young man in his mid-30s. I mean... Saul got in the basket. <laughs> so uh, the basket was attached to a rope, and the basket with Saul in it was lowered down along the wall at night. Now, some of the houses in those ancient cities had windows uh, by the wall. So, so obviously they found a strategic place that they could get Saul through a window and down a wall at night, away from a gate, with no Roman guards seeing Saul come down the wall. Now, this is similar to other escapes of God's servants. In the Old Testament, there was another Saul. 
and he was seeking to harm David. And David escaped the same way. 1 Samuel 19, verse 12. So Michael let David down through the window, and he fled away and escaped. And then you have Rahab and the Israelite spies, Joshua 2, 15. Then she let them down by a rope through the window, for her house was built into the city wall that she lived in the wall. Right. <clears throat> So God used the plot against Saul to reveal to the disciples that Saul's mission had to be fulfilled, that they could not allow the Jews to kill Saul, and that they, the disciples of Damascus, were obligated to help Saul escape. And Doc, I believe that in Saul's escape, there is a lesson, a lesson that it is lawful for Christians to use all proper means and methods to prevent wicked men and women from harming innocent people, especially servants of the Lord. Yes, uh, we, we don't have to cooperate with tyranny. No. We have an obligation to do what is right. Verse 26, when Saul had come to Jerusalem, he tried to join himself to the disciples, but they were all afraid of him, not believing that he was a disciple. So Saul journeyed back to Jerusalem. Most likely he traveled the same road that he journeyed on three years earlier when he went to Damascus to kill the Christians. Now he tried to join himself to the disciples in Jerusalem, but they were suspicious and not willing to accept him as a brother in Christ because they feared he was deceiving them. It's interesting, the Greek word for join means to stick, to glue. So Saul tried to bond with the disciples, but they wouldn't allow him to stick to them. <laughs> <laughs> they were shaking him off. And you have to remember this, obviously news had probably traveled back to Jerusalem about Saul's conversion and everything. And so we've had a three-year period here where Saul's been in Damascus. He finally travels to Jerusalem. So the news of this has been filtering back probably for over the past three years. And now here Saul has arrived in Jerusalem trying to connect with brothers and sisters in Christ. And they, you know, they have a hard time accepting Saul. Doc, I, I'm not sure if the news got back. Because I, I, I would have agreed with you previously. But something last night as I was uh, reading these scriptures made me think perhaps the Christians in Jerusalem had not heard what was going on in Damascus north of them. You gotta remember there was there's no internet, right? No newspapers, no television, no radio, no uh, you know, they didn't even have telegraph. They hadn't and, and they were separated by five, six days of, of travel. Um I, I'm not so sure that that Saul's amazing transformation uh ever reached the news of it ever reached uh the christians in jerusalem and here's why 
Look at verse 27. But Barnabas took him, meaning Saul, and brought him, Saul, to the apostles and declared to them how he had seen the Lord on the way and that he had spoken to him and how at Damascus he had preached boldly in the name of Jesus. So it was Barnabas who took Saul to the apostles. Had Barnabas heard about Saul's conversion or did he have private conversations with Saul and learn about the astounding encounter with Jesus on the outskirts of Damascus? I think the reason Barnabas aided Saul was because they were old friends oh, from their younger that. days as students. Both of them were taught by Gamaliel, the father of Pharise Phariseeism. And I think Barnabas is the only one that bonded with Saul. And, and then Saul opened up and told Barnabas what happened to him. And Barnabas said, Peter's got to hear about this. Now, he only met, Saul only met with two apostles, Peter and James, the, the, the half-brother of, of Jesus. Galatians 1, verses 18, 19. Then after three years, I went up to Jerusalem to visit Cephas, which is Peter, tarried with him 15 days. But other of the, uh, excuse, but other of the apostles saw I none save James, the Lord's brother. So either the other apostles were out of town or they just didn't make time to meet Saul. Or they, the other apostles told uh, Peter and, and James, you talk to him, check out the story. <laughs> we don't want to talk to him. I don't know. We don't know. But he only met with Peter and James. So it was Barnabas who told Saul's story to the apostles. And to me, that's proof that the apostles had not yet heard any reports from Damascus hmm. after Saul's three-year absence from Jerusalem and life in Syria. And that does make sense when you stop and think about it, because there would have been more information there if they had known about the conversion and uh, the preaching in Damascus. So that does make well, sense. What happened in Samaria? The apostles voted to dispatch Peter to, to go to um, uh, Samaria and verify what what was reported to be happening in Samaria. So if if news had reached the apostles that their worst persecutor, Saul, had a glorious transformation, and he himself was preaching the gospel in, Samar in, in Syria, don't you think that they would have sent Peter or one of the other apostles to go check it out? That, that does make sense. So I don't think they knew anything about it. But Barnabas, Barnabas was the only one willing to um, have tea with, with Saul. He had, a, he had an old friendship with him. And he knew that something was different in Saul. And he could, he could feel the presence of the Holy Spirit in, in Saul. And I, I, think, I think 
Saul told Barnabas the whole story. Then Barnabas went to Peter and James and told them what happened. Verse 28, 29, and he was with them going in and going out at Jerusalem, preaching boldly in the name of the Lord Jesus. He spoke and disputed against the Hellenists, but they were seeking to kill him. So, as we know, uh, Saul was with Peter and James for 15 days. The three of them went about their business each day. They went in and out of Jerusalem. You, you get the impression that Saul was tagging along with Peter and James as those two guys went about their normal daily duties and routines. And they were like, come on, Saul, let's go with us. We've got, <laughs> I got, we've got to stop by some widows. We need to go over here and check on brother so-and-so. We've got things to do. You just come along with us. And so for two weeks, Saul went in and out of Jerusalem with, with uh, Peter and James. Verse 29, preaching boldly in the name of the Lord Jesus. So Saul did the same things in Jerusalem that he had done for three years in Damascus and Arabia. He boldly preached the gospel, the name of Jesus. And he spoke and he disputed with the Hellenists. The Hellenists were the Greek-speaking Jews. Right. He engaged the Greek-speaking Jews and tried to show them that Jesus is the promised Messiah. And his boldness and his intellectual strength angered the Hellenist Jews. And once again, a group of Jews plotted to murder him. What is up? <laughs> what is up with, with these Jewish people that if you disagree with them, they seek to kill you? It's that, that name. It's that name, Jesus. Yes. That's right. If you're bold about Jesus, somebody's going to try to kill you. So keep in mind, the Hellenists were the Libertines. Right. We talked about them weeks ago when we discussed Acts chapter 6 and their desire to murder Stephen. So we see you know, back then the Libertines argued with Stephen, but Saul helped the Libertines kill Stephen. Now Saul was the target of the hatred of the Libertines. Acts uh, chapter 6, verse 9. But there arose certain of them that were of the synagogue called the synagogue of the Libertines, and of the Cyrenians, and of the Alexandrians, and the, them of Cilicia and Asia, disputing with Stephen. And Saul helped them kill Stephen. And... Um, when, verse 30, 31, when the brothers knew it, they brought him down to Caesarea, sent him off to Tarsus. So the assemblies throughout all Judea, Galilee, and Samaria had peace and were built up. They were multiplied, walking in the fear of the Lord and in the comfort of the Holy Spirit. Doc, you have anything you want to add before we uh, have uh, the Lord's Supper? Uh, just that, that last verse there, verse 31, kind of gives up a sense of hope and relief for the church after they've been suffering intense persecution. Uh, it, it, the Lord gave them a rest for a while. Things are going to get tougher in the future, but for a short period of time there, 
they had the opportunity to recover, if you will, and to uh, get things built up. Except for the instances of Saul and his confrontations, um, the, but the churches had rest and were edified. Um, but but notice, not, while, while they had peace, while God gave them peace, peace from persecution from the Jews and the Romans, they didn't goof off. No. It says they were built up and they multiplied. Yes. The church got stronger and bigger. They took advantage of the peace. And they said, hey, you know our saying, make hay when the sun shines. The storm, there, there could be another storm. You're not going to be able to make hay. So when they had days of sunshine, meaning peace, they said, we better, we better make hay. We better build the church. We better get stronger, uh, preach the gospel, get more people saved. Because there will be another wave of trouble coming. And, and if they were stronger, yes, yes, go ahead. I was just going to say, and a lot of that trouble is going to be coming as the church, church goes through a transition where the focus of ministry isn't on the Jewish people anymore, but on the Gentiles. And over uh, the next few chapters, we're going to see that major shift that takes place. And uh, that's a, another reason that uh, in, instills the jealousy among the Jewish people, even to this day, that, uh, you know, uh, it's, it's no longer a Jewish-focused, uh, you know, movement, but now it's primarily Gentiles. That's right. So That's right. Well, Doc, let's, uh, let's go to... The Lord for Holy Communion, the Lord's Supper, and um, for for everybody who who are watch, if you're watching this later in the day, in the True News uh, stream and broadcast on radio, uh, this is your opportunity to have communion with us, uh, have some bread and some uh, red wine or grape juice. And just every Friday, we will have communion. Right. And, and what a privilege it is, Rick, to be able to share with people around the world uh, this fellowship of faith uh, in communion. And uh, we, we regard it very highly. We consider it a, an essential function of believers. Uh, a lot of churches today, a lot of movements today kind of uh, consider communion to be something that we do, you know, once a year or twice a year, maybe. And, uh, you know, and for many, it's an obligation and not uh, dedication. And so, but uh, we consider it an essential part of our regular, you know, it, the scriptures say that every time the first day of the week that believers would get together uh, in, in uh, the early church, they had communion on the first day yes. of the week. And so, uh, they, two things they did. They had communion and they uh, uh, gathered an offering. And so they did that every time, first day of the week. And so uh, what I'd like to do right now is we want, if you've got your elements of communion with you, as Rick had mentioned, what we're going to do is we're going to pray over those elements, ask the Lord to bless it. And uh, then together, no matter where you are in the world right now, whether you're watching on video or if you're listening uh, 
uh, on audio, radio, wherever you might be, you can join in with us. So let's ask the Lord Doc, moments. And so, Doc, I just want to say to uh, to our uh, audience and our, our family that's uh, participating. We believe, uh, Doc and I, we believe it's it's very important. It's not just important. It's essential. It's more than important. It's essential that Holy Communion, the Lord's Supper, that the minister would read, would speak the words of Jesus Christ at the first, the first time the, the, the disciples participated in the Lord's Supper, which was at Passover. See, the Passover meal ended and the Lord's Supper began. And, and today you've got a lot of, of Judaizers in Christian churches trying to take people back, saying you've got to do a Passover cedar, you got to do this. Look, it's okay to learn the historical um, facts of, of Passover. I, I don't have any problem with that at all. But the Passover meal is over. Jesus is the Passover lamb. Yes. He instituted a new meal, the Lord's Supper. And Doc and I believe it is absolutely essential, required, that the minister officiating over the Lord's Supper speak the words of institution that Jesus spoke when he instituted the sacrament of Holy Communion. Yes. And we believe that this is a sacred ritual, that Jesus Christ is present. Does it mean that, that the, the bread and the wine change physically? No, I don't believe that. But I believe that Christ is in the bread and the wine that we eat. We feast on Jesus. He is the bread of life. He is the manna that has come down from heaven. We eat his flesh when we study his word. We feast on Christ. And so... Jesus is in this meal that we're taking part of right now. Amen. And it's holy and sacred. And, and, and something else, Doc, that is very important. We need to have, just before we receive the Lord's, the elements of the supper, I, I want everyone to, to just take a moment and pray and ask God to forgive you of any sins that you have committed in the past week. Come to this meal with a clean heart and clean hands. And let's just pray right now. Father, Father, we humbly ask yes, Lord. that you forgive all sins that we have committed since the last time we have gathered for the Lord's Supper. We repent and we ask for your forgiveness. We ask that you wash away those sins and remember them no more. And we thank you for the blood of Christ that was shed for the remission of sins. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. And Paul also mentioned too in Corinthians, Rick, that if you approach the Lord's Supper, particularly the Lord's Supper, and you have offense in your heart, uh, unforgiveness in your heart, anything like that, then you're actually bringing sickness into your body. Yes. And, so, uh, and so I encourage you, if you're watching or you're listening today, and you have unforgiveness in your heart, or you have something you need to resolve, 
I would suggest that you take care of that first and then maybe join us later on a replay and, and partake of communion there. But don't, don't partake of this thinking that you can just do it and, uh, and let for forgiveness, unforgiveness and hatred reside in your heart. And, uh, that that's probably the tough, one of the toughest things to do is to forgive others. Yes. Uh, uh, how great, and this meal is all about forgiveness. So, well, what we'll do right now is if you've got the elements of communion there before you and your family, we're going to pray over and ask the Lord to bless it. And then together we'll partake of the elements of communion. So almighty God, in your tender mercy, you gave your only begotten son, Jesus Christ, to suffer death upon the cross for our redemption. He offered himself and made once for all time a perfect and sufficient sacrifice for the sins of the whole world. And he instituted this remembrance of his passion and death, which he commanded us to continue until he comes again. And so, Father, we ask you to bless and sanctify with your word and Holy Spirit these gifts of bread and wine that we may partake of his most blessed body and blood. Christ, our Passover lamb, has been sacrificed once for all upon the cross. Therefore, let us keep the feast. Alleluia. On the night that he was betrayed, our Lord Jesus took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it. And he gave it to his disciples, saying, Take, eat. This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. The body of our Lord Jesus was given for you. Preserve your body and soul to everlasting life. This is the bread of heaven. Take and eat in remembrance that Christ died for you. After supper, Jesus took the cup. And when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink this, all of you. For this is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Whenever you drink it, do this in remembrance of me. The blood of our Lord Jesus Christ, which was shed for you, preserve your body and soul to everlasting life. Drink the cup of salvation in remembrance that Christ's blood was shed for you and be thankful. Behold the Lamb of God. Behold him who takes away the sins of the world. And blessed are those who are invited to the marriage supper of the Lamb. This sacrament is the gift of God for the people of God. Feed on him by faith with thanksgiving that Christ died for you amen and tradition amen. says that they as the uh, congregation would depart after partaking of the lord's supper they would sing a hymn and uh so as you go about your day today after taking communion let a hymn uh be brought about in your heart throughout the day today sing to the lord throughout the day today celebrate this and uh let let's be thankful for what god is doing through us and uh uh, through this sacrament today. Amen. Amen. So, Amen. Quick we, just, we, we just had Holy Communion, the Lord's Supper, with uh, at, here at, at uh, uh, 8.51 a.m. with 353 people around the world through the means of technology. The church is one. Yes. We are in one accord. The church is one. 
And we just came together on a Friday morning from multiple nations and participated in the Lord's Supper. The apostles couldn't do anything like this. <laughs> what, imagine if, if Peter and, and Paul had the technology that we have today. I mean, you know, the Bible talks about there being windows in heaven and everything. And so if you can kind of imagine Jesus, he's standing at the window and he's looking down and say, hey, guys, come over here. Take a look at what they're doing here. Look, look at this. They're probably going, oh, man, if we'd only had that in our day. I agree, Doc. But you know what? I think they'd, they'd be doing a lot more with it than what, what we're doing. We've got, to yes. get, we've got to get the body of Christ excited. They've got to get excited about reaching the whole world. Because Christ is coming. Amen. And he's giving us the means to reach the whole world. And, and we're doing it. I'm still believing we will have 1,000 people here by the end of December this year and 10,000 by the end of December 2024. Amen. And you, 354 people, will be able to look back and say, we were there at the beginning. <laughs> we were there at the beginning. We only had 300 people. That was the yes. old day. Yes, the good old days. All right. Hey, that's it. We got to go. Yes. Love you God, very much. Yes. Uh, God bless you. And we'll see you on the Monday edition of Morning Manna. God bless you. Have a great weekend, Jesus. Are you concerned about this economic storm and how your IRA and 401k will fare during these turbulent times? Top experts are predicting now is the time to be protecting your assets with physical gold and silver. Find out why Genesis Gold Group is the number one recommended company by your favorite preppers and homestead channels. Receive Genesis Gold Group's free definitive gold guide today or give them a call at 800-200-GOLD. Now check out that website, truenewsgold.com, truenewsgold.com. If you contact Genesis Gold Group, let them know that you heard about Genesis Gold on True News. We appreciate Genesis Gold and American Reserves in being sponsors of True News this month. And we hope you uh, uh, will contact these companies. Hey, I've got one more um, packet from American Reserves I want to show you. It's their survival backpack. And uh, this is a 64-piece survival backpack with 32 servings of entree options. Uh, including a portable stove. Yes. You get all these items for $77.98, a survival backpack, and it is available right now at AmericanReserves.com, AmericanReserves.com. This company has a lot of great products, and I hope you uh, go to their website today and look at their full inventory of emergency preparedness food and uh, become a customer. Those of you who, I, I know this, I just know it in my spirit, there are, there are many of you who are saying, Rick, I, I believe that we're in perilous times. I believe that we have to be prepared. But Rick, I honestly don't have the money to buy the food. I hear you. You come back Monday. You come back Monday and I'm going to give you a plan. I'm going to show you how you can buy 
preparedness food as the Lord supplies the necessary money to you. I promise you he will do it. Yes. How can I promise? Because he's a good God. He's a good father and he will respond. We thank you so much for listening and watching True News this week. We will be back on Monday. God bless. Take care. Join us on our exclusive platform, Faith and Values. Visit faithandvalues.com for your free trial. Connect with us on Rumble, Getter, Facebook, X, and Odyssey.